Welcome back to the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals. I'm Steven. And I'm Tyler. And today we have on Katie France. She is a studio integrated marketing coordinator. What a title at Viacom CBS. <laughs> what a title. What a tongue twister. But she had so much cool stuff to say about her job and about her experience, you know, interning out here. You know, actually, we went at Universal and Katie was one of the first people I ever met in Los Angeles back in 2018. It's got to be a really cool thing, you know, coming back full circle to see what she's up to. It was so great. Let's hear Katie. Welcome to the mailroom, everybody. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me, you guys. Thanks for coming. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. It's super cool. I know. It's been a long time since we were I know. We were children. We were teenagers. We were. Was I? I was... 20 years old? Basically. You're 21? Yeah, I just turned 21. Mm-hmm. So we weren't teenagers. <laughs> on the Universal lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was exciting. That we was were... a big summer for them, too, because it was, that was like the biggest summer they've had in 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. With Jurassic we, World. We just had Mike Brothers Jr. on the podcast, <laughs> who Tyler met, and now... Now you're on. I know. It's just one big <laughs> family whole, always coming back. The dream team is back. So you guys were doing, what, an internship together, right? Yes, we were. NBC. Brand yes. marketing internship at Universal Pictures. Yes, the three amigos. We were there for a super busy summer where they had like the top grossing Jurassic World. They had mm-hmm. Mamma Mia and they were prepping for the Grinch. So it was just a really big like volume summer. So Steve and I got to see like a ton of really cool stuff like filmmaker meetings. We got to, you know, like... This was before the pandemic, so we got to go to a lot of events, like for the Mamma Mia shoot and things like that. So it was very exciting. I came to the uh, to the Jurassic World event that they were having downtown. Yeah, that's right. They had yeah. like the fan. It was like a fan premiere, like yeah. um, stuff like that. We got to be on site for a lot of those things. That was really cool. And then we came in like the morning after the like week of pr- or like the premiere weekend, and like it was a huge box office. And everyone was in a great mood. <laughs> <on Monday. laughs> I was so happy. I <laughs> It was very funny. And they all, everybody wanted us to go out and like support yeah. the film. Tickets, tickets that's like what you guys them. wanted to do, right? Like you wanted to be out and repping Universal. Oh, I still wear my Jurassic World yeah, shirt yeah, all the I, time. I, I should have worn it today. <laughs> now at Viacom, when we work with Universal, I'll put that shirt on just for our meetings. I wear that and like my Queen and Slim. I'm like, guys, yeah, so look. Like. <laughs> that is, so you were at universal and then you switched over to viacom you're just bouncing around yeah and then at viacom my specific job is called like integrated studio marketing so we do co-branded campaigns for studios so while i used to work at universal they're actually like my client now and we pitch to them we produce like co-branded commercials integrations things like that for universal but also disney warner brothers paramount sony all of that do you interface with a lot of the same people? I do. I actually, our old internship supervisor also moved over to integrated marketing. So Kelly is like my direct client. Like I talk to her pretty frequently. That is so funny. Yeah, we get on the call. <laughs> all, like we're on the phone, zooming all the time. Um, and I don't know one of the old assistants who was on that team, who was like my best assistant friend at Universal. Her and I started around the same time. Her and I talk like every day now at work, just setting up like calls and like little things that like coordinators do her and I are doing that every day now together that's so fun <laughs> yeah and she was like your boss right yeah Kelly was my boss so it's really fun to always get on the phone and Kelly it's kind of a supervisor it was wow. a full circle moment because we were interns and then I was an assistant and now Kelly gets to see me like present in meetings and like actually do like legitimate work and she's yeah. like this is so great for you Katie that's so glad awesome. you got out of ordering lunch <laughs> it's like I, me too at what point 
did you know that you wanted to do marketing side of entertainment? Yeah, I mean, it honestly, that's a great question. It's kind of, <laughs> I when in college, I went to Syracuse. I don't know. Yeah, mm, I went yes. to Syracuse and I was in the business school too because I was like, never hurts to have a business degree. So you were in you know? Newhouse and you were in... Yeah, business. it's called Whitman, yeah. So I was in this like unique dual degree program where I have like two bachelor's degrees. So mm-hmm. I was really just doing the business one as like, oh, it's like always good to have a business degree when I was 18 deciding what to do. Um, and so I took like the marketing route cause that's, you know, just a lot more like creative based and aligned a lot more with like just my interest, which was like entertainment and communications and things like that. Um, so new, I was like considered new house, the communication school, like my home base. And like, I was a television radio and film major, but I also had this marketing background and like fact of the matter is there's a lot more like marketing internships and marketing jobs and entertainment. It's like a much easier door to get in at first. But now that I started doing it, it's super interesting and like, you know, you can have the greatest content ever, but if no one knows about it, like no one's going to watch it. So it was super exciting to like get into the marketing space and see how like a campaign can literally launch a show, a movie, anything like maybe take this out. I didn't love the second Jurassic World movie, but it still did amazing. Like I, like it wasn't my cup of tea, but I still bought a ticket, went and saw it. Like that's like in part of the marketing campaign, which I've always really loved about it. So the decisions that you guys are making as a marketing team, really affect the outcome of viewership for these movies? I think so. I mean, it's so hard to say definitively. Like, one thing I've noticed a lot in my current job is we work hand-in-hand with sales. And, like, because it's advertising, this is, like, an ad world. Like, people pay for this type of content. People pay for campaigns, at least in my specific, you know, little unit of marketing. And they actually bring money in. Like, it's their job to, like, sell airtime. And it's their job to, like, sell, like, digital space on our sites. And they, like... At the end of the day, they can be like, I brought in X dollars. For me, it's like, oh, did this, you know, kitschy little social media campaign actually contribute to box office sales? Like, we'll literally never know. But it's, they keep hiring people for it. It's such <laughs> a cool thing to think about. Yeah. Like, there's really no way to gauge how well you're doing. Yeah, it's super hard. And it's, you just never know, too, like, what is the contributing factor. And if you look at some of the stuff that's, like, so popular now, like, even like Squid Games, like you didn't see any marketing for that. That was like so word of mouth. Now that you right. have seen it, it's everywhere. There's marketing for it. It's advertised, like stuff like that. That's really hard to tell what contributes to the success. But like at the same time, if you don't do it and like a tree falls and no one hears it, like that's kind of what happens with camp. I feel like with campaigns and stuff. So for studio films, I think it definitely makes a difference. Like if you don't hear, especially with like in theaters now, if you don't hear about a movie being in theaters and you don't hear any buzz about it, like you're not going to buy a ticket. You're not going to pay $20 to go to the theater to go see it. So you really have to convince people. <laughs> so what is it you're doing now at Viacom? What part do you play in this marketing process? So at Viacom, being on like the partner side, the like nature of my team is to like give access to our Viacom audience. So it's evolved a lot over the last like five years because of just like the digital world. But like the start of my team, the start of integrated marketing was that studios needed access to audiences and like cable networks and like just TV channels have regular audiences. Mm-hmm. Today, it's obviously a lot easier to like follow Universal on Twitter or like follow Sony on Instagram and you get their updates that way. But so few people go to see a movie like, oh, uh, unless it's Disney. So few people go to see a movie. They're like, oh, this is a Sony movie. I can't wait to go see it. Mm-hmm. So they need to advertise to, like specific audiences. And like at Viacom, I work specifically on like the Nickelodeon brand. So like if you're trying to reach kids and you have no way to talk to kids 
because you're like Paramount Pictures and you're like, I have a Twitter account. Like, I don't know if any six to 11 year olds follow me. Six to 11 year olds do watch Nickelodeon and they are actively, you know, on Nick YouTube and things like that. So it's, we're giving them access to our audience first and foremost. Like that's part of the advertising deal. Like, hey, if you want to talk to these fans, like you have to pay us X amount of dollars. But then also when we make it co-branded, it like reminds fans of the audience or fans of the network, like that, oh, this movie's just like Nickelodeon. I love Nickelodeon, so I'm going to go see it, you know? So when we put someone who's like, a star from all that in a commercial for, you know, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Like kids are gonna be like, oh my God, she's on my favorite show, all that. And she's advertising Clifford the Big Red Dog. Like, that's so cool. I want to go see it. Um, so that's sort of like the co-branded nature of it. It's changed a lot in like the digital world now because studios can talk to audiences a lot easier than they could five, 10 years ago. Right. But that's really like the function we serve is like, if you want to reach comedy fans, like you want to be on Comedy Central and like, we'll get Trevor Noah involved. So everyone in Trevor Noah's audience is like immediately watching. It feels like a part that's like organic to our networks. So that's really what we do. And we offer that as like a service. Like it's essentially a service industry to studios all throughout Hollywood. You so know? I find that very interesting because I feel like, I thought at least that Viacom, especially now that they have Paramount Plus, that they were trying to more make the Viacom brand like everybody knows everything that encompasses that Viacom brand. And everybody knows that Nickelodeon is parent, this Viacom, Comedy Central's Viacom, and all the movies yeah. like Forrest Gump and Mission Impossible. But it doesn't seem like they're necessarily trying to do that. They're just, they acknowledge that the Nickelode- Nickelodeon brand has power on its own. Oh, yeah. And Comedy Central's power, its own, power on its own. So you're going to dig into those brands yeah. more and those audiences rather than paint the full picture. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I it's interesting cuz you look at a company like Disney who owns like Freeform and owns like ESPN, but I don't think that those are as standalone as like you said like Comedy Central and Nickelodeon mm-hmm. and these brands that like in your mind or to the average person's mind like, "Oh, they work at Nickelodeon and that's like the company they work at." Like they don't work in Viacom CBS, like the bigger picture of all of that. I think you're totally right. Like the brands are bigger than the name Viacom CBS to a, a, the layman. Sure. But I think that's what makes like my team and, and like my role really good and specific and like is a niche thing because like Nickelodeon is a very identifiable brand. VH1, MTV, like those are all super identifiable. Like, and I think that that's like a big difference, at least on the Viacom side of things. Like, yes, we don't necessarily like pitch our networks like, oh, this is a Viacom CBS property. Like, it's a Nickelodeon property, and you know what that means. And it's an MTV property, and you know what that means. And then Paramount Plus is, like, just a whole different beast, you know? I think streaming generally is, like, really changing the game in terms of, like, what's your brand, you know? Because there's one part of it's like, oh, Paramount Plus Originals. Like, what are we making that's, like, building our content? Because people go to streamers for exclusive content. But it's also, like, we want to put the MTV shows, the Nickelodeon shows, the Comedy Central shows all up there for fans to enjoy. So that's really where I think, like, the amalgamation is coming from, like, you have all these other brands that we work with and then also like Paramount Plus Originals. And I feel like that is like Viacom CBS, you know? So I do want to ask just to like fully confirm it. So they're like, you look at Disney. Yeah. You know that that's so Raven and something like Toy Story yeah. are under the same umbrella. Yeah. That's like, that's like kind of common knowledge. But is there any motion to try to make Viacom CBS something like SpongeBob and Mission Impossible? 
well, that you like view those two almost branded together. Because so that's the goal, the I think, really. Okay. The SpongeBob movie was like the first huge project that I worked on, actually, like on my team. Okay. Um, when was that? This past year, this Sponge on the Run. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, it's, it's like it's a synergy play, you know, like because if the movie does well, then so will the series. And so in those situations, like Paramount becomes like our BFFs, you know, like, yes, they're all under Viacom CBS, but they're still you know, we're in partnership with them. Like, we're promoting their movie, but we're also trying to promote the show Spongebob. So, like, thankfully, in, like, the nature of integrated marketing, like, our business revenues are not mutually exclusive. But for stuff like that, like, that's a synergy move. It's, like, how do we build up, like, Spongebob as a movie under Paramount and then build up the show on Nickelodeon, but then also build up, like, Camp Coral on Paramount Plus um, and, like, create, like, these universes, essentially. Where I'm not saying it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but like it, you know, where mm-hmm. you can have something like a theatrical movie, a show on a streamer, and then like a show on Freeform or whatever it is. I know? mean, that, that, like going back to all of that, like Warner Brothers is definitely trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, with like than, the DC. It yes. comes, yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. And, and like they just had Space Jam 2, which featured almost like every single Warner Brothers title in it. And I'm pretty sure they're making a game. Yeah. As like a Smash Bros type of yeah, game yeah, and every I, single character. Yeah. I mean, I look at it from like the kids space too because the brand I focus on is Nickelodeon. Uh, but like kids game so much now. And it's like if you don't like touch them at every – that sounds really creepy. If you don't reach kids <laughs> at, every single touch, at, at every single touch point, like if you don't talk to them on YouTube and then in gaming and then also on TV and then like in movies that they can watch on like at home because they're six and don't go to the movie theater anymore, like – you really have to like reach kids everywhere in that sense and gaming is a huge thing so like warner or like whatever warner discovery whatever it is now um that's a really like smart move on their part you know but it's i think that's the goal like that's every like big entertainment company's goal is to be like synergy and build these like cross-generational programs like i'm 24 and like i watched spongebob as a kid and now i like worked on a movie and not that I have kids, but if I did, I would have, like, brought them. And that's, like, the goal of everything is to, like, make these franchises, you know, that live on forever. And you can have, like, a million different arms. Mm-hmm. And I think Viacom's, like, really moving in the right direction for that, like, honest opinion. Especially with, like, some of the movies we're putting out. Like, I just worked on the most recent campaign was Paw Patrol, which is a little... It's super cute. You guys should go see it. Like, I actually love that movie. I saw it in theaters twice. <laughs> twice? <laughs> twice. <laughs> yes, I, it was, it's so good and cute. But, like, that ended up becoming this huge, like, CP success. You know, like, kids literally swim in Paw Patrol merchandise. And then, like, to have a theatrical, like, action-packed movie, um, like, just creates this whole world of, like, fans for it, you know? And, like, a lot of, like, revenue streams for it, which is really the point. But, um for those types of campaigns specifically, like we're doing a ton. Like we're making for Paw Patrol, I think we made like six unique like commercial spots for it, wow. along with like digital campaigns around it, and then like just things that the company did to support the movie. You know, because like like I said, if the movie does well, the show will do well, and then they're both then everything's doing great for the company. So that's definitely the benefit of it. So your day to day, like, are is the majority of your work research coordination? What are yeah. you doing on a daily basis? It's pr- it's probably about like fifty fifty. So half of the job, and it breaks up into like what we call like pitch and activation. So we are like talking to our clients every day, like, hey, you know, we have this great idea for an integration in the challenge on MTV. Like, here's an idea we have, and we're like essentially pitching our brands, our networks, etc. And then our clients be like, I love that idea. It sounds really good. 
Um, and then if they like it and they want to buy it and produce it with us, then we move into activation, which really takes on honestly like a production coordinator role where my, in my day to day, like we're figuring out like vendors, we're getting like production schedules, we're finding like sets, we're doing like wardrobe dressings, like all everything that goes into like producing those commercial spots or producing like that social content, whatever it may be, that's like the activation side. So half the time we're really like trying to convince our clients of like what we want to do. A great example we had was like um, in the summer for the movie Peter Rabbit 2, um, we wanted to pitch like Nickelodeon YouTube as a platform. Like no studios had done it before. So we were like really convincing our clients at Sony, like, hey, this is such a great platform. Kids love YouTube. Like we think you could give it a shot. Like we'll make this whole video for you of these kids doing like a fun taste test, making food, like all Peter Rabbit themed. So that in and of itself, like the pitch, you create decks, like you're coming up with strategy, you're doing research, like what are the subscribers, what's the engagement, et cetera. We pitch that to the client and then when they say, great, go for it, let's do it. Then we go into like, okay, who are we casting for this? Who can we, like, what's the logistics of bringing in like a bunny cake, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and they have to smash it all up. (laughs) Like, and especially working with kids in my field specifically, like that adds a whole other layer. So in the front end, it's really like marketing focused, like honestly, like salesy. And then the back end, it's really like production heavy and just trying to be like a production coordinator in that sense. That's so interesting because it seems like you have two jobs yeah. as one job. It is. And outside of like my team, so like I'm on like the studio integrated marketing team, but there's integrated marketing teams like across the company that do this uh-huh. exact thing for Chipotle, for T-Mobile, for Toyota. And like they integrate those things into shows exactly like what I was explaining, but with brands. And in that world, there's like pitch experts and it's their whole job to like sell people into, like I said, the brands, the shows. And then as soon as the client is like, yeah, let's do it, they are done on the project. And then it moves strictly over to like people who focus entirely on activating it and like executing it. So my team is just structured differently because studios are already like really content savvy and not to like shit on T-Mobile, but like we could definitely like make a commercial for them that in their eyes looks super great, but to a studio head's eyes, like they have a much higher level of scrutiny for it because they make content every day like they are making like their storytelling every day that's their business versus you know like the general insurance like they don't storytell every day like they don't make content for a living so because they're like really nuanced they're like big spenders they are really involved in the creative process they like to have like one person as a point of contact for it as opposed to like a baton toss but that's really just like a logistic thing you know but my team just operates different in that sense yeah, yeah, I think I think it's so interesting. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so do you like what you're doing? I do. Sorry, I took a drink. But I do. I actually <laughs> love it, mainly because um, working at Universal, I love like I love the studio world. Like, my interest is in film, and, um, like, that's what I love. But one of the things you miss out on or maybe just, like, miss generally when you're at one studio is the opportunity to work on, like, other films. You know, mm-hmm. like, obviously, I love the Universal movies, they were wonderful. They like had they won that like Oscar for Green Book the year I was working there. You know, it's it's amazing. But uh, hundreds of movies, not hundreds, but dozens of movies come out every year that are fantastic that I'd love the opportunity to work on and like be more intimately involved in. So in this job, it really allows me the opportunity to like pretty much work on every single movie that comes out. Maybe not like in a full capacity, but like hear about it at least, be really involved in like the general studio world. I was so honed in on Universal when I worked there. And now, like, I pay a ton of attention to, like, the Sony movies coming out, the Paramount movies coming out. Like, 
I've gotten to work on so many Paramount things in the last year, you know, like just so many more opportunities to like meet different people in the studio world, work on different things. Like it's really wonderful in that sense to constantly be working on something and always have a project that's just not like one banner, you know, and that's what I love the most about it is like I have a direct point of contact at pretty much every studio who's like my client who I talk to every day. And then, you know, I get to like see the strategy and the marketing campaigns for all these different, you know, movies when I really only got to see one at one studio. Plus, like I do like TV too. So it's great to work on like a cable side of things too and see the shows and what's coming out. And like, especially with Paramount Plus now, like we have a lot of really good stuff working. Right. I mean, I think it's interesting too off, off of what you were just saying, because now you're under this umbrella, you work on everything mm-hmm. that comes out under the Viacom CBS yeah. brand. And we also have Tyler in the room who has done freelance and he's yeah. done the opposite and just bounced around. I mean, Tyler, how did you relate to everything she was just saying? I totally relate to it. I mean, to be able to work on so many different yeah. projects over the course of my first two years here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. it's incredible because you see how different people work. You're yeah. working on different genres. You're working in, in completely different spaces. And to just get that experience and that exposure to yeah. those people and totally. the networks and to that content that is being made, you just really have a more intimate and a more intimate relationship with all the stuff that yeah. is being made. I mean, I think like everyone in LA and New York too would agree that like the entertainment industry is entirely based on your network and like who you know. And it doesn't have to be like a nepotism thing. It's just like who you meet. You could meet that person at like a soul cycle class and that's still your network, you know? And that's one of the things that I love about this job was like, and now I have my universal network, everyone who I met there, it's made my client relationship with them 10,000 times better because it's a familiar face and everything. But now I've like been able to meet so many more people outside of just Viacom, outside of Universal and like build up my network way more outside of just, you know, one or two companies. And I think that's the beauty of freelancing, honestly, is like getting to work on a lot of different productions and getting to meet like, different directors, ADs, producers, and just like expand that network. And I think that's something that a lot of people like myself included, when you take like the corporate route that you like get stuck with, it's like, how do I meet new people here? Like I'm at this job for 10 hours a day and then I go home. It's how do you get to the chance to like meet other people at different companies? Mm -hmm. And in my job specifically, like that's amazing that I have the chance to meet other people at different studios and stuff like that. And before getting this job, did you know that that's what you were getting yourself into? Yeah. So that was like really my interest because Coming from Universal, like, I, I liked film, and I wanted to stay, like, in the film world, mm-hmm. and no shade to Viacom, obviously, but in my mind, I'm like, that's a cable company, you know? Yeah, they own Paramount, but in my mind, it was very, like, TV-focused, and I wasn't working for Paramount, obviously. They're their entire their own entity under Viacom CBS. Um, so I was a little just, like, hesitant generally because I wanted to work in the film space, but through the interview process, they were like, you will work in the film space more here than at a studio, like, because you'll get to work on six different films, you know, and that's what really drew me in. And plus I was really young. Like I had been out of college for less than a year and I was really excited about the idea of like networking with different studios and meeting them. Um, like I interned and worked at Universal my entire like in life up until, you know, 23. (laughs) So I didn't know anyone else outside of like the Universal world. They're wonderful and have helped me tenfold, but it was really exciting to like hear that I would meet other people and like get that opportunity. So that's what, yeah, they teed it up like that. And it was definitely a good selling point. I mean, I think that goes a lot off of what you were saying before we even started recording, just about lateral networking. And now that's something that you. Yeah. It's like one of the best things I got out of Universal that I think 
so many people in LA can agree with is like the best people I met there were like the other assistants. Like those are the people who like give you, help you with favors, like, you know, get you out of a bind. Like those are the people who really, really help you and put you up for other jobs, hear about other things. Like it is always helpful to like know people in powerful places, but like the president of a company might not know about a coordinator role open on, you know, like a random production team, you know, and we do. Like I heard about my friend leaving this job and I know someone great for it. I think like the lateral network is just as, if not more important than like your vertical. And that is really what you get out of like at a studio with other assistants, at an agency in the mailroom. Like now as a coordinator, like I work with four other coordinators. I talk to them every single moment of every day. And we, you know, that communication is really what opens doors, I feel like, because it's hard to like reach out to a VP at a studio and be like, hi, like, do you have any open opportunities? They're like, well, we have 15 other very important things to worry about. (laughs) So let me, maybe I'll get back to you in three weeks about it. If something comes up and I hear about it, like conveniently, you know, so. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've talked about that a bunch. Just it's the people that are in the thick of it that are looking for the jobs and leaving the jobs that are going to know. I mean, like half of like entertainment is like commiserating with other people, you know, like I think people love to be assistants. They can all like share war stories together, you know, about what they had to do. And like, that's half the reason everyone is an assistant. Like, oh, I went through it. You went through it. We relate. Like we are, we're all in this together. Um, it's like such a people business in that way, like the same way like friend groups are formed, the same way that like you go through college and you're like a cute little freshman and like how you go from there. It's it's so people based that like when you do get to have people your age and your like working group, it's really like I think that's the best part about it and like super amazing and helpful. And now even when I took this job working with studio clients in my brain, I was like, oh, these people are going to be so important who I'm talking to. Like and they are like. But I thought I was going to be talking to, like, the president of the studio. But, like, there's coordinators over there and managers who are just like me. We're the same age. We're doing the same job. And, you know, we're able to, like, get drinks after work and, like, celebrate our campaigns together and, like, be friends outside of work. And especially, like, moving to L.A. and not being from here and just, like, getting your bearings. It's amazing. Like, it's – I love it. Also, going off of that, too, before you were talking a lot about film and, like, how you want to be in film. What do you have against TV? I don't have anything against TV. Truly. I love TV. I really do. Um, I just like what I like about film and what I think is like interesting from a marketing perspective is like, and this is even changing too, like it's so focused, like it's a big push and release, you know, shows like that's a totally different marketing game. Like you have to get people to like repeatedly come back, tune in, stream, whatever it is. Like you have to get them to like the characters and the story arcs and like, what are you like teasing? Like that's like a movie campaign is a sprint and a TV campaign is a marathon. And like, I like the sprint element. Like I like the big events around it. Like these are, you're working at a 10 for a month there and you're working at like a six for a year at on TV. And I just, I personally like the marathon of it. Plus like I'm a cinephile. Like I've always just like loved movies. And mm-hmm. I also am like, I love trash TV. My favorite show is The Bachelor. <laughs> so no shade to TV. I literally work in a TV company. But I just like my interest has always been in film. Like that's what excites me. That's like what I find like the most interesting. Um, I also like want to win an Oscar one day. So that's for movies. So it's like. You heard it here first on the yeah. mailroom. <laughs> once, once you win the Oscar, we'll bring you back on. That's the goal. Um, but yeah, I've just, and like, I love movies in that sense. Like I like the compact version. It's a little different now in this world of like franchises. Like. Free Guy, I think about that all the time. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but, mm. like, that was the biggest, like, original IP opening in, like, six years. Like, people just don't make a lot of original IP anymore. Mm. 
And I was like, oh, that's so great. Like this original IP, like such a big opening, like what a success story. And they're like, oh yeah, we're making three more now. And I'm right. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and like, I mean, if we're going to talk about that for a second, like if that's the original IP that they're making, it's like Ryan Reynolds. Like, yeah. It's I mean, that's Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds. Brand, it's, yes. it's Sean Levy who does yeah. like many franchise movies like Night at the Museum and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. yes, it's an original movie, but it like, had, it had, it had like it? franchise power behind it. A thousand percent. But it's, yeah. And it feels like it's been around for, it yeah. feels like it's like the fifth movie in a sequel. Yeah. Right? The door swings the other way, too, honestly, because it's like TV now. Like, I feel like people will hear me and be like, you live in 1980 where TV's so like, whatever. But like now TV is like so much like more highbrow than it used to be before. Like limited series just in general, like those are, those are just movies like strung together. You know, it's like a six hour movie. Yeah. And like that only started happening the last like what? five years maybe these limited series like that like i mean i mean that's what tyler was doing before too and he would come home every day from filming and be like i'm not filming on the tv show i'm filming a movie yeah, it, yeah. it's just a, it's a linear story it's, yeah it's, it's eight episodes and it's eight hours of content and there's yeah. literally no difference it's, it, it's so true i like i, I feel like all of the hbo limited series that people have been like so into this year like what I'm trying to remember the one with like Nicole Kidman. Like, what was that? Uh, the Undoing. Is that the Undoing. Was? Yeah, I was like, this is just a really long murder mystery. Like, she, I- did another, <laughs> she did another one too. I didn't. It's something that like nine people. Oh, nine perfect strangers. Nine yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that yet, but I heard it's so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody, like everybody that. loves that. I was watching. Well, okay, this is kind of a tangent, but I just finished The Sopranos. Like, I in the pandemic, I was like, I'm gonna rewatch. I'm gonna watch yes. all these like original classic things that like everyone talks about but I just like had missed so somehow that's a big endeavor to take on so I did I just finished it like two weeks ago like that was and like the ending won't spoil it for anyone but it's like all that conversation so I was doing such a like rabbit hole deep dive and that show was like the first show that was like an anti-hero on TV and like a really like high production value TV show because it was in like the late 90s you know right. when like sitcoms were king at that point so it's like no one was going to like a show where, like, people are killed all the time. Like, no one's going to like a show where, like, the main character is actually, like, a terrible person. And, like, now, like, that is, like, every other show now. It's, like... Walter White. Yeah, exactly. Walter <laughs> White. Like, every single show now, it's, like, built around the anti-hero and, like, imperfect characters. And I feel like that is, like, making TV more like film, you know? Because I feel like film's been doing that since the beginning of time. But, like, The Sopranos, even though it went on for, like, seven years and was not necessarily, like, a linear story... It was like the home box office for HBO and it was like very cinematic in nature and I, I loved it. So I'm like, I'm not a TV hater. I loved The Sopranos. <laughs> That's like my drop card. But oh. you do watch reality TV more love than you it. watch narrative. Love reality TV. Big fan of it. Um, Why is that? <laughs> I think, I, I honestly didn't really get into reality TV until I like graduated college, honestly. Like I never watched it in college. It was never, I never like watched the Kardashians in college. And then I think when I started working, I was like, I really need some like mindless shit. Like I need something I can like turn on and like not think that hard about. You're working so hard all day on like character development and like, is this person like fleshed out enough? It's like, what are we saying about this story? And you're like, you know what? I would really just love to watch like two people like get drunk on a pre-made date together and then (laughs) break up 45 minutes after that. I will. I'll say that I can relate to it in the sense of like, you want to go home and do something that's so different 
yeah. from work that you possibly, but you love movies and television. Yeah. So oh my like gosh. How, yeah. What are you going to do to find that balance? Reality. I, I, I have a terrible screen time addiction. Obviously, like <laughs> I go from little screen to medium screen to big screen. Just like I need to read a book maybe once or twice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I only started watching it though. Honestly, when I start, got my job at Universal, everyone was talking about The Bachelor. That was like the like social currency they're like oh did you watch this like did you see what he did all these things and I was like oh I should watch just to like participate you know and like I can be involved in the conversations and I'll make friends and I did and then I got so hooked and I'm like this show is like I feel like this is like my sports network like I'm like I I know the players I know what's going on in their like real lives outside of it and it's just really nice to like veg out like that because nowadays it's so hard to like tune in on like a Thursday night for like a stressful high concept show you know you're like oh, I'll stream it when I can like right. whatever it is it's a lot but like if totally I want to like drink wine with my friends on Monday night and watch The Bachelor like that's that's like a social event for me that's like very like relaxing and totally separate from work which is what I like a lot about it so yeah. you graduate college you enter the entertainment industry and become passionate about reality yeah, I, was like, I was like maybe I should have like <laughs> gone into unscripted like I wonder if Buna Murray's hiring like I don't know what the plan is but <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like, it's definitely just like, that's like my guilty pleasure. Like, I don't think I would, you know, ever necessarily like work in it per se. Um, but I love just like unwinding with it. It's like some people meditate. I just like watch Love Island. What about it? (laughs) That's really funny. And I mean, I guess we never really talked about your path as to how you ended up getting there. So yeah, I mean, I can give the spiel, I guess. Like what what I, what I do. Summary. Um, well, when I was in school, um, going back to the lateral network, um, I had just met someone who was in my, uh, major program. So they were in new houses, television, and film, and they were in Whitman as the marketing major. And I was just like chatting with them one day. And he had said like, Oh, I had this great internship at NBC. Like I can refer you. I'm like really close with the hiring manager. Like you're in. And I was like, that's it? He was like, that's it. Like, it really, like, I loved it. They said I could pick the next person to, like, go after me. So it can be you if you want. I was like, that feels shockingly easy. So my first internship was in what's called, like, affiliate marketing. But I got to work on, like, the Today Show and, um, like, late, like, the Jim, and Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, late mm-hmm. night? Is that what it is? The Tonight Show. Tonight Show. And, like, being a sophomore, I was the same age as you when you were at Universal. Like, it was after mm-hmm. my sophomore year, right? Okay. Yeah. And you were in New York that summer. Yeah, and I was in New York. And so I got to, like, go to set for The Tonight Show and, like, be in, like, the meetings for The Today Show, me- like, stuff like that, where they planned the whole segment the next day. And that was very cool. it felt very exciting. It was a super niche area. Like, what I did from there was talk to, like, the affiliate networks around the country. Like, hey, tonight, like, Pete Davidson was on The Tonight Show and he made a reference to, like, Philly cheesesteaks. Like, maybe you do you want a clip of that and you can air it in your, like, nightly news. Like, hey, Philly like tune in tonight to hear about like Pete Davidson's trip to Philadelphia things like that was like kind of what I was doing sure um that's exciting Pete yeah Davidson's it was it was trip. really specific like I got to know every call sign for the NBC <laughs> channels across that's the so country cool. yeah um and it was little things like they would do like call outs to the channels and stuff like so we would have to help write jokes for like Cleveland Ohio for Jimmy Fallon we'd like be like oh Guy Fieri's from there like do something with that you know um and it was it was a great first job Um, but then from there, you know, it's like you meet people at that internship and you were already like in the system and like, you know, not great to say, but it's like when you have a huge media company on your resume at first, like that just helps the next one. And it like, so I got my next job, um, as a internship during the school year out in LA. So I got to like go to school out in LA and then intern as well at this 
it was under NBC, but it was called Wilshire Studios, and they did all unscripted content. So they produced for like Oxygen, the Crime Network, but also like the events like E Live from the Red Carpet. At the time, there was Fashion Police too. So there was a lot of things like that, and that was really like what sparked like the fun development side, like. That was unscripted, but not in the way of, like, reality TV. Um, Like, I was, like, researching news articles, seeing if anything was, like, crime. It's so sad to say, like, crime-worthy and, like, a jazzy crime story (laughs) that we could send to Oxygen or, like, you know. A jazzy crime story. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this guy (laughs) fell out of a parachute. Like, his parachute didn't deploy, and he was on his honeymoon. Isn't that weird? (laughs) And um, People will watch it. (laughs) You're like, we could do something there, right? Um but from there, my manager there was best friends with me and Steven's um, internship supervisor, Kelly. Mm-hmm. So she was like, there's this, and it's just like I said, like it's a lot of young people helping each other out. And she was like, oh, there, I know there's an internship open at Universal Pictures. Would you, is that something you'd be interested in? It's marketing. Like I know we've been doing development. I'm like, sure. Like I have a marketing degree. I'd actually be probably pretty good at that. So you're here for a semester and then this just bleeds into the summer. Yeah, it bleeds into the summer. So I was actually out in LA for like eight months straight when I was in college. So I did my quote unquote abroad here in January. I came out here January, 2018. Did you go abroad too? I wonder, I did go abroad in the summer. I went to Florence. Um, not really related to entertainment. As you can. <laughs> my behavior there was not necessarily like so great for my career growth. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, so then like junior spring, what everyone does is when I came to LA mm-hmm. and I had that development internship and then just like looking for a summer internship, I was able to like, they had offered me to stay on. And this was kind of how like the conversation was going it was like, I really liked my job. They were like, you can stay on, but you know, you're a student. You should try different things. You should get other experience. So it was really my internship supervisor at that one who'd put me in touch with the Universal Pictures one. And then from there, it was, you know, the great summer I spent with Steven. Right. <laughs> and, um, like, that really also, like, ignited my, like, for, like, working at a studio, too. Like, obviously, like I said, I loved film. That was just, like, an interest of mine. But working at a studio really feels, like, special for some reason. It feels, like, historic and very unique. And then from there, you know, I went back for my senior year and they had – timing really worked out that the assistant on the team that Steve and I worked on got a new job. So, you know, six weeks before my graduation, she's like, any chance you want a job? I'm like, if it can start in six weeks, I'm there. And I started the Monday after I graduated. <laughs> wow. The Monday after you graduated? Yeah, I graduated on a Friday, actually. And then I started, I think it was the Monday off from Memorial Day. Like they had, everyone had that Monday off. And so I started like that Tuesday after. So I, it flew out like you five flew days right after. out. Flew right out. My parents came with me. I bought a car here. I like didn't have a car. I didn't have an apartment. I was subletting it from someone at USC because you know everyone's trying to like push off their apartment in the summer at colleges. So that's kind of how it got started. And then those first like that first month or two I lived here was really like settling and like okay I need to find an apartment. I can't live in this college apartment forever. I need to like actually figure out how to get like car insurance and all the adult things you iron out. But that was all sort of in the first couple of weeks. I can totally relate to that because when I moved out here, I started working on TV shows mm-hmm. before I even moved into my apartment. And yeah. it's so funny because you realize that you're also having to deal with being like, in the real world yeah. for the first time. But also pursuing your career and being in a completely new city on the other side of the country. Yeah, and I think what was hard for me in particular was like, I I just come off of like second semester senior of college. Like your responsibilities are minimal at that point. And then four days later, I'm working a full-time job as an assistant, which is like very stressful and like a lot of work to do and like a lot completely different. And also like something college just does not prepare you for. Like any assistant would say like there's no class you took in college that mm-hmm. was like, oh, this will teach you how to like 
read your boss's body language if they're in a good mood or not, you know, like that isn't something you learn. So it's like, oh my gosh, working full-time anywhere is exhausting and hard and stressful. Now I have to find an apartment. Now I have to figure out how to get my car. Now I have to like make friends. Like I have no, I have one friend here and it's the girl I moved here with, you know, and Steven maybe, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like... I was even here at the time. That's not true. The first night I went out here. So I remember this so clearly. You you were interned there that summer, right? So oh, I did I yeah, yeah I was I was, back I, was back. I saw you at the den I saw <laughs> that that I did I did so see I that. moved here I'm like I graduated college I'm an adult like look at me living in L A and I go out like the first night that I'm like yes like I'm an L A resident and I get a tap on the shoulder and I turn around and it's Steven who I'm like, <laughs> I was like oh my gosh like right, no. I'd come back the <laughs> magic of the den yes the den that is really where all the big the big moments happen in LA. Have you been to the den recently? It's not. It's nothing. I I don't think that's true. Like I I, I would not slander the den. I, I, I'm slandering the den. I, on the I, record. I <laughs> I've been back. Um, not like super recently. Like, but in the last like three or four months, I've been back, and I feel it felt back to normal a little oh, bit really? actually. But that was sort of like pre things getting bad again. I kind of got it in that sweet spot of okay. like the pandemic's over, everyone. Like there's another. There's a mutation. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, what's this Delta thing we heard about? Yeah. Like nothing to think about here. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was there, and it felt totally back to normal. Okay, all right, maybe maybe it's just. The, I haven't the I haven't gone since though. Um, so yes. let's talk about being an assistant. The mm-hmm. three of us have all been an assistant yes. and know what it entails. What is the hardest part? I think the hardest part. Well, I'd say there's two, but they're related. The first of which is like literally nothing you learn in high school, college. Like you could be a star, like 4.0 GPA. You still won't know how to be an assistant. (laughs) Like there's, you'll get there the first day and be like, you could literally have a doctorate and you still don't know how to be an assistant. And being an assistant for one person doesn't mean you know how to be an assistant for another. And like, there's just no transferable skill that you have before that, that like prepares you for it. So I think that's the first thing, like, especially being young and like you've gone through what 14 years of school that's been very structured you know how to study prepare and then you get there you're like wow this is literally unlike anything i've ever done before that's really complicated and then me personally i think the biggest thing is like you become so intimately involved in these people's lives like it's a lot of personal pressure like if now in like my coordinator role that's a little less like individually focused like if I make a mistake, I don't think it's like someone's like livelihood or I don't think it's like someone's day being ruined. It's like, oh, okay, like I like accidentally deleted a slide. Like we can re-add that. Like no one no one's harmed by that. But if there's a mistake made as an assistant sometimes, it's like that's their career that you might have just jeopardized if you messed up that meeting or like that's their family that they don't get to go see because you set that 6 p.m. meeting. Like the stakes I think are honestly really high as an assistant and like the pressure you feel to like make this person's life like seamless is very very hard and I, I think that's something that like a lot of people struggle with because like your entire life you study for yourself you take tests for yourself like but now like your job is to make this other person's life better and easier and more seamless and like that's just very, a lot of pressure and there are different bosses like different strokes for different folks some people are really hands-off some people really want you involved and each one is unlike the other so it's hard to say like exactly what that is but for me i was like this is a lot of pressure like there's these two people now who i'm so responsible for their lives like 
I schedule their doctor's appointments. Like if I forget that, like what happens, you know, <laughs> like that's sometimes terrifying. It, sometimes it doesn't feel like an entry level job. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely not. Like the career assistant is a very valuable job. Like, and I hope one day if I get an assistant, I would very much like to hire a career one. Cause I don't want a 22 year old managing like yeah. my, my schedule. Like that was very scary. I'm so happy you said all that. I feel like you're speaking directly to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been saying that now being an assistant, it's like learning a second language. Yeah, and it really is. And I think what What's super hard is it's like 99% of succeeding as an assistant is getting to know your individual boss. Like if you can be like, okay, she likes to come in at like 9.15, but doesn't like when I'm there too early because she feels bad if I'm there too early, but doesn't like me to come in after her. Like, so that seems like 9.08 is the best time. So she sees me unpacking, (laughs) but she knows that like I'm there before her. Like those types of things are so nuanced. And then even if you become an assistant for another person, like that, that's useless information, you know, like that whatever was personal to them. I do think like a flaw of like film schools, like I went to Syracuse, I was in Newhouse, that's supposed to be, that is like one of the best programs in the world. They just like need an assistant class. Cause like in addition to learning your boss and like the personal elements, like you need to learn how to work like a Cisco phone and you need to know how to work like Outlook. And like, they just don't teach you that stuff in college. And I, I messed up on uh, Teams the other day, yeah, like, Cisco phones, Outlook. I'm having problems with like, all of those. It'd be I, so great I if there was a class like, like that. I would just like love a one credit course that's like, here's how you merge a yeah, call on, on a right, Cisco uh, phone. Like it's industry standard. Calls. It's industry standard. You should know how to work it. And like, there are things now I'm like backtracking what I said. There are things that are applicable, but they're, you know, not what make you a successful assistant, in my opinion. Like, understanding hierarchy. Like, if you're setting a meeting with the president of a company, like, you should know that you should wait for them to respond with the veils. Things like that. Like, that's teachable. And it's weird that, like, schools that, like... And you guys, you guys went to Temple, which has a great program mm-hmm. for that, too. Like, they there should be a moment where they're like, hey, when you become an assistant, like, these are some things you can expect, you know? And how to, like work the phones like I'd never worked Outlook like from a company perspective since until I started my job like I'd never done it I was like what is this calendar invite we speak of like it's confusing and just like (laughs) and you're learning like who your boss is and you're trying to like become close personally with them and then you're like wait but I don't I don't know how to work your phone (laughs) like so can you give me a second so that stuff is very hard too. like I think school should like teach kids how to do that because it's it's insane that we don't know how I agree with you Playing devil's advocate here, though, I think there's a lot to be said about being thrown into the fire and just having to yeah, figure it out. Because that's very true. even at the highest position, they're thrown into these situations that yeah. they have to just deal with in the moment and make quick decisions and, and do what they think is best. So I think it does prepare you for, yeah. for the future. It's crazy. I have to ask, too, I mean, just hearing about your whole path and everything. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you've always been very calculated and especially even going into Ooh. school, like you knew exactly that you wanted to do business and media. Mm-hmm. And then every internship was geared towards the next one. And mm-hmm. now this job is hopefully geared towards you getting an Oscar. Oh, uh, yes. Next year. <laughs> but uh, I want to ask, because I mean, I've been thinking a lot about momentum recently. Yeah. And I just want to know where does that come from for you like what what has been your driving force in trying to always be on the go with this career yeah I mean I think what's a really good momentum helper right now is honestly being like young and hungry as silly as that sounds like we're still we're a couple years out of college like we are still in this like learning phase and I've used that to like propel me a lot forward too it's like I'm not afraid to interview for a job anywhere because I'm like let's just see what this is about you know and like but 
like when you boil it down like that's a job interview and that's momentum and like that's upward growth and things like that and like at my current job now like I'm still entry like it's a coordinator it's not like I'm a president of anything but like I'm very like ambi- like eager to learn things and like very eager to like try everything because I haven't done a lot yet like at, at its core like I've really only been working like two and a half years and that I think like really keeps momentum going because like at Viacom like if something new comes up like Paramount Plus is a new program you know like and me being like hey I'll try it like whatever like let me see how we can do this like intro integration on Paramount Plus like I'm willing to learn whatever that opens up doors and then like you meet more people and then you hear about other opportunities and then suddenly you have more responsibility at work like you're doing these other things suddenly you become an expert in something so it's like I think that being open to things honestly has helped a lot with my momentum like I know you're like oh so there was like very calculated and it was like going to my other job but it was also like being open to leaving a studio and going to a media company you know because before mm-hmm. that I was like no I'm like gonna be on the studio track till the day I die and I was like okay well maybe I'd try this maybe this makes sense to like meet other studios and etc so I think that's really helped with like momentum just like being really open to like talking to other people but then the other side of that coin is like I have like really lofty goals you know like I like I said I want to win an Oscar but like when people ask me like oh well what what's your career goal I'm always like I want to be the president of a studio like one day and people are like ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm like no like I do like one day maybe like 40 years from now but like one day I do and I think people like really respect like ambition and like want to help you and like that opens up a lot like having a clear idea of what you want to do because it's very helpful when you can be like can you help me get to x like this is where my end goal is because, I mean, there's so many young people here who are like, oh, I want to, like, break into the industry, but I don't know how. And you're like, well, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to work in development? Do you want to work in production? Like, do you want to work in marketing? Like, give me some specifics here and I can try and help you. So I think having, like, a long-term goal that you like and you want to do, like, helps so much just to keep things rolling. You're like, is this advancing towards being a studio head one day? Is this advancing? Like, I know it's lofty and long away, but I think those things, like, help you stay on track and, like, keep pushing you towards the next goal, you know? I mean correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here, but like I was thinking that there could possibly be like some sort of fear, fear of failure associated mm-hmm. with yeah. it. I feel like that's not it for you though. I feel like you are very confident oh, like, thank in you. yourself. I mean, I definitely like, am afraid of failure all the time. <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I think though, and this is honestly one of the great things that I've just like learned from the pandemic, honestly, is like so, so many of my like close friends, like people who were like my colleagues and like my horizontal network like lost their jobs were laid off all these things and have like the last two years have been very illuminating and like nothing is the end of the world you know like when a lot of my friends at agencies were let go I was like how will they live like mm-hmm. oh my god like this is the, their careers are done they have to move home forget LA like and I was scared the whole time like this is me I'm next like uh, the world is ending you know every single one of them has gone on to get like another job that they really love and are passionate about like move forward in their career like that's something I really learned out of the pandemic of like nothing is the end of the world anymore and like there's always another job out there there's always something you can fix like you know it's I've gotten a lot like it's not necessarily like confident like oh I'm gonna do all these things but I it's a little like less fearful of like the worst case scenario you know like even because the worst case scenario happened to like a lot of my friends and like a lot of people around me like getting let go and or things like that and like to someone who's always had like a next step like oh I know I'm gonna get this next job like the next step here is to become a coordinator like that's clear but to see it happen to like my friends and we went through a merger too like at Viacom CBS so there was just a lot of change like the worst case scenario happened to a lot of people happened like at my company and like the sun came up the next day you know so it's and 
things do have a way of working themselves out. So I've just gotten a little like less fearful of that, you know, like, hey, like, let's say my team like all completely vanishes one day, like by whatever like act of God happens, like another pandemic hits, we can't integrate marketing just like becomes obsolete, whatever it is. Like, I'll be okay. Like, I'll figure something out. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> That's kind of not necessarily confident, just less of a fear of the end of the world. It's so important to have that to hold on to because yeah. it can get really stressful. And, yeah. and for all of us, I know right now I'm, I've been out of work for a couple months and it, it yeah. a lot of the time it's really hard to, to think that way. Yeah. And, be like, and I feel lucky. Like, I, I, I didn't lose my job. Like, and I'm grateful for that every single day, like of the pandemic, because I would say like the majority without question of my friends lost their jobs, you know? And so I got to like kind of see it and experience it with them. Like my, like my close friends were going through that and I saw the effects and I saw how scared they were. And like, I was like, you know, by association scared as well. So it's, but like, like I said, they all went on to do like amazing things and get jobs that they're equally as excited about, if not more, you know? So it's, it's really like positive in that way. Like I think a lot of people pivot in this industry and a lot of people like there's, there's just not, it's not the same track anymore where you're like mailroom assistant, agent, like producer, whatever. Like the track isn't always as black and white anymore. And I think like the pandemic, like really just showed a lot of young people that a lot earlier. Like that's something we all learn 10, 15 years into our career. But when you're 22 and they're like, Hey, this job you worked so hard to get and gave your like blood, sweat and tears to for six months or however long we all worked here. Uh, it's gone. <laughs> like, how do you like respond to that? And for my friends, at least like they, I'm very proud of them. Like they all did amazing and are doing wonderful things now. So it's very interesting. Like, and that's kind of how, like, I've got a little more confident that things are going to work out. Okay. <laughs> and this always on go, like ambitious mentality. Has this always been there? Oh my for goodness. You? Yeah. Oh, like, you should ask my parents. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, I mean like, like, well, honestly what I was saying, like one of the things I struggled with as an assistant was like. I was really like, uh, I don't know, like motivated in school. Like I liked, I was someone who like was involved in school and like high school and college. That's what, that's what and, I was, like were you a class officer type yeah, of Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, like yeah, I was, <laughs> I gave tours in college. Like I did that stuff and <laughs> like was really like motivated in that sense. But so it's, it's a huge adjustment going from like that type of like high ambition, like urgency. And like also it's not to like downplay anything, but like it's really easy to be like really good at college. You know, like you get involved, like you study hard, like and you're like rewarded like you can work super hard in the real world like every single day and they're still like mm, I don't know about that mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so that was a big adjustment for me it was just seeing like wait I'm not like a scholar anymore like I, what are you talking about like I worked so hard for eight hours and you're still gonna like say things like that was a big reality check for me when I first graduated and it's something like I've worked on for like two and a half years since then you know it's like how do I like remain ambitious and still feel like super motivated and like hardworking, but like also like keep myself like realistic about like the situation of working a full-time job and like being in a corporation, you know, like it's definitely different in that sense. But yeah, I was always like a really like try hard. That was <laughs> like my energy. I, I can, uh, I can definitely relate to that. As I thought, I mean, I went to the same program yeah. that you did at Syracuse at Temple. And yeah, I was exactly. torn between whether I was going to go to Syracuse or Temple, but yeah. Um, it was interesting when I graduated, the pandemic happened. Yeah. So all of that ambition and motivation I had for like trying to put it out into a career in LA yeah. kind of fell flat. So it was 
No, it's hard. Oh, it, it's it, like a yeah, big it reality difficult. track. Yeah. It's very challenging to kind of get it. And going. I only, I honestly only started to feel this way like this year, like in 2021. Like this was like the first year that I was like, okay, like I feel like I am like competent at my job and like I know what I'm doing. And I feel like I've like created a good network of people. Like every like scary scenario happened in my head, like up until this year of like, being an assistant is really scary and my friends were getting let go and the pandemic happened. Like everything just felt very like not, I don't know. In your control. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And versus college and everything, like you were so in control of everything you did in college. And then it was really just this year that I'm like, okay, like things are gonna be fine. Like pretty much every worst case scenario just happened and everyone still was all right. So like we can reclaim some control here and like feel good about everything. I I do find that that's probably a pretty universal experience for everybody. At least that, is our age and the pandemic yeah. happened it's almost just like a i don't have to have control over every aspect of my life i can kind of just let the world take me where yeah I and go. college is really just like weird in that sense because like when you go to college the best thing about it is like oh my gosh i have fr- like total control of my life like i'm in charge of everything like and i think that's hard to learn in the first place like oh i have to get myself fed like i have to like i have to schedule my <laughs> studying like i have to clean my room like that's what you learn in college and then you almost have to like relinquish that a little bit when you go into the real world like yes you still have to like feed yourself clean your room whatever but like you aren't in control of like what happens at your job sometimes and like you aren't in control of you know what happens like 10 steps above you and how that affects you down at like the assistant coordinator level like and then you have to just like learn how to react and when I was an assistant I remember thinking like everyone was so reactionary like I remember being like my bosses they just like react so quick and so like they go from zero to 100 so fast whenever they hear anything. And now, like, just two years in, I'm like, I go zero to 100 really fast. Like, <laughs> if anyone asks me something at work, I'm like, wait, who asked you this? Why are they asking you? Like, who, like, where is this coming from? Like, I'm doing exactly what I used to get so annoyed at my bosses for. Like, oh, they they get, they freak out at, at one question. I'm like, yeah, I do too now. <laughs> like, it's, you have to, like, the skill you learn in the work work workforce is, like, reactionary. Like, how do I respond to this situation I'm put in? Because I can't control it in the first place. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, I do want to ask, too, uh, probably one of the last questions. Yes. But where, what are the next steps of this job, and where do you go from there? Yeah, I mean, I, I love my job, and I like working at it, and thankfully working at, like, a corporation. Like, there's much clearer growth paths for you, you know? Like there's man there's manager after this there's director like there are people on my team who have worked hard on this team for 10 years and seen promotions you know all the way up so i think like on paper that's definitely the easiest but like i said like i'm a pretty open person like i like to hear and i think one of like my strengths is like i can get excited about a lot of stuff really easily like i think back to like our internship projects even i'm Mm -hmm. like it's not like secret life pets too that was like my internship project like it's not like that was the my favorite movie ever but i was like so invested in it when it was our internship mm-hmm. so i try to remain open and be like oh i'm not gonna just climb this corporate viacom cbs ladder forever but like my team in particular has been very great about like rewarding hard work promoting people who deserve it like my boss who i work for now has been on this team for 10 years he's a director and he started off as a department assistant so like the path is clear and i see it on my team specifically so, like, short answer, like, hopefully I'll get promoted sometime in the mm-hmm. next, like, year or two. If you're listening. Yes, I was like, um, <laughs> hello, my boss, <laughs> if you're tuned in. Um, 
that would be like the you know short term goal of everything, but that'd probably be like what's next. But you know who knows? Like, and do you want to stay in marketing forever, or are you opening? To even I'm definitely I I miss like the creative side a lot. Like I'm really fortunate in my marketing role that we're allowed to be really creative with like coming up with our TV spots and like we do a lot of brainstorming and like creative elements. But that's like my favorite part of the job, you know. So I definitely be open to like something that is really creative driven and like kind of getting back into that development space like a little more closely I now that I'm like an adult who lives in LA like I don't know if I could be a full like development executive like that's I like the like structure of like the marketing world like I do like that but um that's something like that's what my interest in I like creativity like I like collaboration like I like like storyboarding things like I love that so I could see myself maybe moving into like a little more creative focused Mm -hmm. role but that's that's a who knows right now who knows (laughs) oh that's good it sounds like you're letting the world take take you a little bit oh my goodness guys thank you so much (laughs) who knows we'll we'll see what like I manifest one day but right now I'm just trying to get through the holidays (laughs) (laughs) are we all yeah, the Oscar will come soon enough. Yeah, you got, I'll be back next year. Don't worry. I'll see yeah. you guys on stage in February. <laughs> okay, cool. I hope so, too. All right, let's sign yeah, out of here. Yeah, like, here. turn it off? Like, what? Uh, oh, no, well, first we have to we have to thank everybody. We got to thank you for oh, coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you thank for having you, Katie. me. Katie, thanks so much for coming. It's great to see you. It was great yeah. to see you, too. We, could, I, we should go to the den sometime soon, you guys. Sunset. We should go to the den. I should also thank Ross for producing. Yep, thank you, Ross. Thank ourselves for hosting. Stephen, thank you. I'll thank you guys for hosting. Thank you. And again, we are the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals, and we'll see you next time.